Story three of Around the Yule Log by Willis Boyd Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story three Lijah. Twilight, December twilight in a great city, cold, grey, and dismal. Uptown the dust collected in little ridges at the street corners and whirled alike into the faces of rich and poor on their way home from work downtown the clerks in the big stores had gone out to their suppers leaving the boys to light up and rearrange the dishevelled counters for the final rush of evening customers around the markets and in the toy shops however there was little rest crowds of tired good-natured people staggered against each other and entangled themselves in all sorts of projecting bundles which they carried under their arms now and then a messenger or expressman would call out clear the way there in rich jovial tones while he bore his armful of glistening scarlet dotted holly through the thickest of the crowd even the night wind which came scurrying down from the northwest evidently bent on mischief stopped a moment to rest among the boughs of the mimic evergreen forest of fir and spruce along the sidewalks refreshed itself with their spicy fragrance and stole away again gentler than before and when of all the year should eyes be brighter hopes higher voices merrier even wind and winter air more mild than on this blessed night for it was christmas eve Brrr, shivered lijah trying to pull down the ragged ends of his sleeves over his black wrist dis is what i call right cold gwine snow for moanin for show plunging a small shovel into the tin pail he was carrying the old man proceeded to scatter its contents a sort of earthy gravel along the slippery rails of the horse-car track hello lijah cried a passing driver with one hand on his brake and the other holding a tight rein where are you going to-morrow to know merry christmas returned the other straightening his old back and waving a salute with his shovel one after another greeted him in much the same way receiving the invariable merry christmas given with a broad smile and a momentary gleam of white from eyes and teeth the pail was empty and lijah was about to leave the scene of his day's work when a strong young voice called to him evening lijah wish you a merry christmas thank you thank you mars george cried the negro answering involuntarily in the old plantation dialect and turning delightedly to the newcomer why a ben mars and how's miss rosie she's well lijah said the young man with a sparkle in his eye i've been away from the city for a month to-night i was going up there but but what but what mars george queried the old man eagerly if a poor old nig can do anything for you he'll do it show anything mars george farley looked at him kindly i know you would lijah and yet i hardly know if i hadn't been away so long he was a generous young fellow and he wanted to do right both by his employers and his humble companion the fact was he had been charged to remain in the store that night the regular watchman being at home sick he had been looking forward during his long absence on the road to that very christmas eve which he was to spend with the owner of a certain pair of merry brown eyes at the other end of the city the temptation was too great it won't come again for a year he argued to himself it won't ever be just the same as to-night 
one hour or two would do no harm and lijah is as faithful as a watchdog better than i would be if anything the result was as may easily be imagined that lijah agreed to take up his post at the store at just half-past seven and remain until farley came which would be before ten the old man made his way home through the darkening streets with many a delighted chuckle at his good luck a chance to serve mars george didn't come every day he's a gwan to trust me he said to himself over and over again the strong attachment between these two men so far removed from each other in social position but closely knit together by that brotherliness of humanity which resists to a depth or height where there is neither rich nor poor bond nor free this powerful attachment had begun at a summer hotel a year before farley had been walking idly about the reading-rooms and office when he heard a cracked voice crooning softly to itself something in the tones attracted him and he was interested enough to listen for the words of the song for the tune told him nothing wash me and i shall be whiter than snow stepping into the next room he found the singer to be an old negro employed about the place to black boots scrub floors and perform whatever menial duties were considered below the dignity of his fellow-servants his hair was powdered with white and his face wrinkled like a prune but there was a light in his eye which told that he was mindful of the words he sang farley was touched by their association with both his race and the task to which he was put and entered into conversation with him he found that lijah for so he was called was receiving a mere pittance from the hotel and even that would cease in a few weeks interesting himself thoroughly in the old man he obtained for him a comfortable boarding-place in the city and a situation which befitted his years and sluggish movements and while affording but small pay gave steady work from one year's end to another so lijah plodded humbly up and down the tracks scattering his shovelfuls of sand dodging passing vehicles as best he might and living at peace with all men sometimes mas george to whom as his only tie in the world he was as devoted as a newfoundland dog would spend the long winter evenings with him in his little room or would even take him to a fairy play whose fascinations affected him so powerfully that for days afterward he would occasionally be seen to stop at his work gazing steadfastly at the pavements from which perhaps he momentarily expected to see emerge a gnome or gauze-winged naiad meanwhile he was full of interest in all that most nearly concerned the happiness of his friend and patron accordingly it was not long after miss rosie burnham appeared on the scene that old lijah took occasion to slyly allude to the personal charms of the young lady and to offer his services as a message-bearer whenever occasion might arise once lijah had the supreme delight of nursing farley through a short but severe illness then it was that his musical accomplishment which had at first attracted his benefactor again came into play his repertoire it is true was scant including only whiter than snow which he had heard at one of mr moody's revival meetings and swing low sweet chariot doubtless a relic of the old days when the slaves sang at their work in the cotton fields or among the huts at night 
of tune he knew absolutely nothing and the different airs which he improvised for the words according to the mood he was in gave the effect of a much greater variety than the two hymns would otherwise have afforded to-night he was happy as a child and went to and fro about the house humming to a tune which seemed a combination of dixie and coronation swing low swing low come for to carry me home all the way down to the store after supper he murmured by turns sweet chariot and mas george and trust me surely people noticed his lightsome looks and some one must have given him a sprig of holly which he wore proudly after all the berries had dropped off in his buttonhole arriving at the store he found farley waiting impatiently for him and was at once instructed in the duties of his two hours watch he was to sit in the main office which was in the third story and looked out upon a large street every fifteen minutes he was to take a lantern and patrol the entire building above the first floor which was occupied by another firm furniture dealers and manufacturers here lijah said farley hurriedly drawing a bunch of keys from his pocket and thrusting them into the other's hands take these that flat key will open the safe and in it look is this box containing the most valuable papers in the store if anything happens be sure to look after them now good-bye old fellow don't go to sleep and look out for me inside of two hours and he was gone lijah listened to his retreating footsteps with intense satisfaction i ain't this christmas eve for old lijah he said softly taking a survey of his surroundings and proceeding to settle himself in one of the most uncomfortable chairs in the room pretty soon he looked at the clock the hand indicated exactly half-past seven reckon i'll begin this year business on time he soliloquized picking up the lantern farley had left for him it would have been laughable and pathetic at the same time had any one been there to see how anxiously he peered into every corner for signs of danger scrutinizing the door-mats gravely pausing before tables and desks giving a comprehensive glance now and then at the ceiling stepping on tiptoe and with eyes as round as saucers listening as he approached each door this entire performance he repeated regularly on the quarter hours as farley had told him his features relaxing into his gleeful chuckle each time as he found himself in the cosy office with all well behind him meanwhile the hands of the clock upon the wall crept round in leisurely fashion to nine half-past ten and lijah broad white smile expanded further and further as no farley appeared he's done trust me lots dis year not jolly he repeated again guess you're tolerable good watchman poor lijah you is ah dat's here on miss rosie's work show nuff he had finished his quarter-past ten round and had been sitting for some time in a straight-backed chair singing softly to himself and ruminating on ma's george manifold virtues and the fair face of his lady and was watching the clock for the signal of his next survey of the premises when he noticed a peculiar effect in the upper portion of the room the ceiling seemed to be going farther and farther away lifting higher and higher was he falling asleep then after all like an unfaithful sentinel he sat bolt upright 
rubbed his smarting eyes and looked up again the ceiling was almost out of sight at the same moment the old negro was seized with a violent fit of coughing he sprang to his feet trembling in every limb there was no longer any mystery about it the room was rapidly filling with smoke which poured in steadily through the transom over the office door lijah stood a moment and tried to think then he ran lantern in hand into the entry and down the stairs uttering incoherent cries of oh law oh law oh mas george look here look here oh lijah you wassless soul oh law oh law scrambling tumbling sliding he found his way down through the stifling smoke which boiled up in an ever-increasing volume from the basement reaching the street lijah ran plump into a policeman and his teeth chattering with terror tried to tell him what was the matter but his haste was needless for even while he spoke deep voices were repeating lijah's message in solemn measured tones above the roofs all over the city a low roar growing louder each instant arose far down the street louder and louder mingled with a jangling of gongs and dismal blowing of horns as the mighty foes of the fire gathered to their work suddenly the crowd which seemed to have sprung up out of the ground fled to right and left a magnificent pair of black horses dashed fiercely up before the store leaving behind them a long trail of floating sparks from the beautiful glistening creatures of brass and steel at their backs then came one piece of apparatus after another engines ladders and hose in the confusion and uproar of their arrival the policeman had quite forgotten the trembling old black man and his lantern now he looked around and saw him crowding his way toward the store from which tongues of flame began to dart viciously come back here shouted the officer sternly rushing upon lijah and jerking him backward so he nearly fell don't you see the stairway's all on fire but but, but mars george d'antras i don't know anything about that interrupted the policeman pushing back the crowd to right and left you can't go in there again and that's all there is about it a determined look came into lijah's dark face he stopped shaking and watched his chance it came soon and with a movement wonderfully quick for such an old man he darted through the line and toward the burning building stop him stop the nigger shouted a half-dozen voices he's crazy two or three firemen sprang forward but it was too late an involuntary and audible shudder went through the crowd as he plunged into the dark stairway stooping to avoid the flames which curled around the posts above his head in another minute someone cried out look look there he is way up in the third story how he had made his way through that terrible barrier no one ever knew there he was gesticulating wildly at the window shouting to the firemen and presently holding up what appeared to be a small box with a warning cry to those below he dropped it watched it as it fell and was borne safely out of danger by a uniformed officer and sank back upon the window-sill those in the opposite building afterwards said they could see that he was terribly burned but seemed in all his pain to be laughing to himself they thought as did the crowd below that he was insane all this time the firemen were attacking the fire upon every side but with no visible effect 
the varnish and oils stored by the furniture dealers in various portions of their establishment made rallying points for the flames which almost at the very outset had found their way through the central staircase and so up and out of the roof every front window in the two lower stories poured forth its volume of fire and smoke so that no ladders could be successfully planted nor could entrance be effected through the skylight the enemy having as i have described taken possession of that important point meanwhile old lijah seemed quite content to sit just inside his window and wait for what was coming fast his grizzled head drooped gradually and those nearest could see his lips moving if they had been very near indeed they would have heard him talking and singing to himself swing low sweet chariot coming for to carry me home i's done it mars george jest you told me you done trust lijah and he weren't a gwine give up water den snow swing low yes old lijah your chariot is swinging low for you very low coming for to carry me the thick smoke rolls out heavily through the window overhead the firemen keep a steady steam playing upon the broken windows and fight fiercely with their axes to reach him it grows so hot that the people in the opposite windows hold their hands before their faces while they watch still nearer swings the great roaring chariot of fire lower and lower droops the faithful head upon the black scorched hands his lips were still moving faintly and he was still whispering swing low swing low swing low when crash came a burly figure his face blackened with smoke and his rubber coat dripping with water straight in through the window without a word he seized lijah firmly round the waist and raised himself upright on the window-sill then looking upward he shouted hoarsely haul away the crowd held their breath as the two figures swung out into the air at that fearful height and swung round once or twice before they were drawn up up inch by inch and landed safe and sound on the roof then up went such a shout as has rarely been heard in this good city a great beautiful manly cry of triumph and joy such as the angels might utter over him who was lost it was a long time before lijah could realize that he had not been borne away in his chariot that had swung so low i believe he felt a pang of disappointment when he first looked at his wrinkled scarred hands and found they were not whiter than snow but rosy dear repentant little rosy soon found ways to comfort him for she would not hear of his staying in the hospital because she knew it was all her fault she said keeping george so long so lijah is quite as content to stay on the earth a little while longer as he was to go for does not mars george come every evening and sit by him and tell him they must live together always and doesn't lijah know too that the crowning glory of his life is to be on next christmas eve just a year from the great fire when miss rosy will be miss rosy no longer and he is to enter upon permanent duties in her new home End of story three.